This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys already know how obsessed I am with therapy. I talk about it all the time on this podcast about how I have two therapists and how I go to therapy every single week. Well, I've been going to therapy for years, but once 2020 hit, the year of chaos for all of us, I really needed extra support and BetterHelp has really been there to guide me through these chaotic times. Uh, I've been dealing with anxiety, depression, and I also have been in this recovery space for disordered eating and just a host of other issues. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and, uh, and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours, so all you have to do is you take a a quick online quiz, you answer some questions about what you're going through, what kind of therapist you're looking for, and you can literally write in the answers, I am looking for this kind of therapist, I am looking for an expert in this field. That's what I did, and they matched me with a therapist who has tons of experience with eating disorders, trauma, and depression. And to be honest, I love my therapist so much. She's probably my favorite therapist I've ever had. And I've been through like a variety of therapists over the years. Me and her really hit it off. And even if you don't hit it off with your therapist right away, because let's be real, finding a therapist can honestly feel like you're dating. Don't worry, you can always change therapists as many times as you need. No questions asked, no charge or anything like that. So you can always change your therapist and then get matched with a new one that day. So BetterHelp uh, is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is literally professional counseling done securely online. And what I love about BetterHelp is that they have a journal feature. So if you're going through something challenging through the week and you don't have an appointment until, let's say, next week, you can write a journal entry. It's all online. It's secure. And if you'd like, you can share that journal entry with your therapist so that they are on the same page. They're caught up. They know exactly what you're going through. They know whatever triggers you've been dealing with over the week. And what's awesome about BetterHelp, too, is that your therapist will respond. So you can actually communicate with your therapist in between your your sessions. So it's not like you only get, get to talk to your therapist once a week. You can check in with them frequently in between your sessions. You can catch them up to date. You can kind of communicate with them every day if you wanted to and the online journal feature is really nice for folks who are new to journaling or just need that extra support so communicating with your therapist more frequently could really benefit you if you're going through a rough time. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available if you are struggling right now. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's better com slash vibe. And you can join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You deserve the support. 
you deserve the healing and you are not alone there are so many people who are struggling with severe anxiety depression trauma all of these things and you don't need to suffer in silence anymore so visit betterhelp.com vibe for a discount on your first month of online therapy that's betterhelp h-e-l-p dot com slash vibe and that discount code will get you 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe welcome to the vibe within podcast i'm your host gab cohen Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone. So let's connect and heal our vibe within. Hey guys, welcome back to the Vibe Within podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. And right now, as I'm recording this intro, I am visiting my friend in Long Beach, and I can't even tell you how amazing it is to um, actually travel again. And um, even though, you know, I'm still kind of living a quarantined lifestyle, um, it was really interesting to... um, to fly during this time and I'm actually going to write an article about it because a lot of you guys have asked me questions about how it's how it is with traveling during COVID and what the airports are like and everything like that so um, I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit with recording and editing I don't know what has been going on but I just have felt so kind of more connected to my body and my healing rather than um, like digital stuff. So I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I know that we just had a lunar eclipse. Um, We had a full full moon lunar eclipse and we also had like five or six planets that were retrograde. I I still think they are retrograde. And then I I found out um, through Instagram astrologers that on July 4th or July 5th, I believe, um, all of the planets in the solar system were going to be lined up in a perfect kind of um, alignment opposed to the sun. And apparently... um, the next time that's going to happen is in like a thousand years or something like that, like something crazy. So there are so many energetic shifts happening right now and you might find yourself having these like really, really low dips in your mood and like drastic um, kind of like dread or just depression or anxiety. Um, 
and then we'll have these like really big spikes in our mood. I know that when I got here to Long Beach, um, I was overwhelmed because uh, the first night that I was here, I, you know, just getting used to, to the place and I was really overstimulated because I was excited that I was seeing my friend and her husband and um, I'm house sitting for them while they're on a, a camping trip together. So um, the first day that I woke up here in, in the apartment um, by myself, I was overwhelmed with so much anxiety and I had to be real with myself and say, why? Why am I feeling this anxiety? And it's because I haven't been alone, like actually alone in an apartment or a hotel room for since over a year ago. The last time that I had a room to myself um, without, you know, living with family or roommates because I've, I've been living with roommates for years and then I've been living with my family since January in Florida because of COVID to save money and just to get my feet on the ground. So I woke up the first day that I was here and I was just, the whole day I was overwhelmed. The whole day I was trying to shake this really, really intense panic and, and high energy, like um, just staticky kind of um very like uncomfortable but like just overwhelmed you know and I had to be real with myself and say listen this is just one day of your life that you're gonna feel like this try to just move through it and let it move through you rather than like trying to fix it and trying to do everything to fix it because the mantra that helps me the most when I'm going through a really weird mental health day or body image day is that everything is temporary. Um, even our worst days when we're feeling panic attacks and depression, it's temporary. So that's really been helping a lot. And I hope that you guys can kind of implement that practice in your life. And um, also just going for a walk and journaling and trying to keep each little pocket of my day flowing and moving and full of things that are going to make me feel good um you know even even on the days where where we're just like you know nothing I'm doing is making me feel better um we we are in control of our energy and we are in control of our mood and we can choose to step in front of the voice in our heads that is really creating a lot of um, mental turbulence. So that's my little spiel about that energy update. And um, I want to let you know that this episode that you're tuning into today is one of my favorite episodes. Um, it's with my personal holistic nutritionist. Her name's Lulu. And um, she is helping me heal from years and years of disordered eating and um, negative self-talk and body image issues and she's also helping me um, really really tackle down into healing my hormones and I'm on a whole protocol of herbs and she's just been a really good support for me um, as far as nourishing my body in a different way than I'm used to because after over a decade of being in the same habitual patterns of disordered eating and not understanding my relationship to my body and food and trigger foods and 
Um, she's also really a good listener. She's an amazing listener because I have a host of of issues with my with my health, and it's it's not just hormones. You know, I have a thyroid condition. I have Hashimoto. I have high escalated cortisol. So this is what we talk about in this episode. We we really tackle um, what it what it feels like to actually you know recover and and move through like these really intense phases of eating disorders or binging or drug use or just a really you know whatever kind of phase you're in doesn't have to de- doesn't have to do with food um, but if you're just like in a very unhealthy lifestyle phase of your life that can definitely take a toll on your digestion your gut health your hormones your endocrine system so this episode is really amazing if you are just feeling stuck and you're really trying to heal on your own she she she's a very refreshing kind of voice when it comes to eating disorders and emotional trauma and healing and like just understanding the body and like finding amends and finding peace with our body and not trying to fight it so much and nitpick it so much and she she talks about weight gain and body confidence and self-esteem so I think we all need more friends and people in our lives who actually um, have a positive outlook on their body, on food, on what they do with their body and food, you know? So I really think you're going to really love this episode. It was so expanding just to talk to her and ask her all of these personal questions and a lot of questions that you guys have asked me as well throughout the, the last months. So without further ado, uh, we'll get right into the episode with Lulu, my holistic nutritionist. So I found you on Instagram, which is, it's, it's really synchronistic because the same week that my therapist told me that I needed to get a holistic nutritionist, I like don't even know how I came across your profile, but I think maybe you liked one of my photos or maybe someone else shared something of yours and I just like randomly tapped on your profile and then I messaged you and I was like what does this abbreviation mean does this mean that you're a holistic nutritionist and you were like yeah <laughs> literally on that was so the world is cr- like the universe is crazy but yeah I think I liked like a couple of your pictures I don't even know how I found you and then I just like <laughs> liked your vibe and I think I like commented on something and then yeah all of a sudden I like had a dm from you and I was like yeah, like that's registered holistic nutritionist. And then you told me your story and I was like, wow, what a small world. Yeah, literally. It was like the next day. And I like when my therapist said that, I was like, uh, like I know I need to, mm-hmm. but I've just had like some weird experiences with nutritionists and therapists and, you know, and, yeah. um, and I was like, you know what? I just need to manifest, uh, a holistic nutritionist who gets me and who gets my personal experience with disordered eating and eating disorders and autoimmune and everything because it's not your typical cup of tea when it comes to you know because like there's there's several different 
nutritionists and dietitians that help people with weight loss and this and that. And this is a little bit different because um, it's not it's not just physical. It's very, very mental and emotional and energetic. So I started going through your feed and I was like, whoa, this girl is talking about all the same stuff like you're speaking my language. So um, I'd like for you to just maybe tell everyone a little bit about Lulu and what you're what you do right now. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So hi, everyone. My name is Lulu. Um, I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. I'm also a registered holistic health coach and a certified personal trainer. Um, I specialize in women's health and hormones, as well as um, disordered eating. I I'm also a health and wellness blogger, which is how you found me, obviously, on Instagram. I'm sure you'll link all of that. But if you guys want to check me out, it's just at Lulu Godden. For sure. Um, and yeah, I used to struggle with um, binge eating disorder for about four and a half years. Um, so what that looked like for me was restrict like five or six days a week and then binge all day for like one or two days a week. It was usually on the weekends. Like I was one of those, um, where it was like Sunday to Thursday, like absolute restriction, no carbs, so much cardio, um, just like starving myself. And then Friday and Saturday, I would just like go all out balls to the wall, eat whatever. Like I'm talking full jars of like peanut butter, like entire containers of cookies, like bags of granola, Mm -hmm. like literally everything I could get my hands on because my body was just so starved and so restricted. And like, obviously my mind was as well. Um, so, and then obviously the, the cycle would just start again. Cause on Sunday I would feel like shit and I would start restricting again and beat myself up over it and pick myself apart. Um, and then restrict all week. And it was just a vicious cycle. So that lasted for, like four and a half years at different capacities. Um, like obviously sometimes it was really bad. Sometimes it, I thought I had a handle on it and I thought like maybe I was in the clear. Um, and then it would come back and it wasn't until like, I'd say probably a year ago now that I would say I'm like, I've been fully recovered for about like a year, a year and a half, because I definitely thought I was recovered before that. And I wasn't like, I was still restricting and I was living a healthy life and I was preaching like balance and whatever, but I still really actually didn't know what that looked like or meant for me because I still had such an intense fear around food and around gaining weight Um, but about a year and a half, two years ago, my health really took a turn. Um, and I had just finished personal training school. I had just started school to become a nutritionist. And I was like, why am I so unhealthy? I had just come off the pill. Um, and I wasn't getting my period. I was always tired. My skin was just terrible. My hair was falling out. And I was like, what is going on here? Um, so I was diagnosed by my naturopath with, um, hypothalamic amenorrhea, which Mm -hmm. is, um, the lack of a menstrual cycle basically. And it's due to under eating and over exercising. 
So that was really my wake up call. And I was like, okay, like I thought that I was out of this and I thought that I was in a place where I was healthy and balanced and like out of my restrictive phase. And it took someone sitting me down um, and telling me that I like if I didn't stop what I was doing and make a change, I was never going to get my period and I could potentially never have children because of that because not getting your period is like very very serious and I at that point was a year and a half off the pill and still absolutely no sign of getting it back like I didn't have any symptoms like nothing um cyclical was happening in my body it was just like whatever every month was the same basically so she told me that I had to stop um doing cardio I had to start eating carbs at every single meal which like for me that was my like fear food and my trigger food and I just like I could not get myself mentally to eat carbs still like I would eat like the smallest portion of like quinoa or like whatever oatmeal when I was eating carbs and like just not enough to feed my body and fuel my body and get it to a place where it felt like safe enough to have its period so that's really what shifted that for me. And I was like, okay, I need to make a change in my life. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Um, There's so much that I want to unpack there. Um, I want to get into trigger foods and how to like navigate out of that, but a little bit later. Um, Mm -hmm. When you said like, you know, when you were, when you had those different phases, I guess, because when I think back to my, different timelines of my eating disorder um there there were moments where I was like in the clear like you said like oh this is not a part of me anymore um like when I was in college the eating disorder kind of took the back burner and I think that binging and drinking and drugs like took the front burner and Mm -hmm but it was still a version of my eating disorder. And I, and it was just, and it was the vicious cycle that you, that you spoke about um, with starving, binging or restricting binging. And, um, you know, when it comes to binging, it's, it's an energy that's underlying it. You know, it's not always about weight, but sometimes it is. And I'd love to know what, you know, when did your disordered eating or eating disorder begin? What sparked it in your perspective? And um, how did you kind of navigate out of that binging, um, disordered eating type of phase? Yeah, so um, a lot of people don't actually know, like, this part of my story. I've talked about it a few times on my social media, but, like, I grew up um, with, like, a lot of substance abuse around me, and, um, like, my – one of my parents was – like, my parents are separated, and I lived with one, and um, they were, like, an alcoholic, so it was chaos all the time and, um, like, zero control and – my eating disorder really came from me needing to control something. And so I obviously started restricting um, and like manipulating my body through food. And then the binging didn't start till 
the binging was not initially a thing. It was more so just restricting so heavily because I was like, okay, this feels good. I can control what I'm putting in my body. I can control what I'm doing with my body, aka exercise. And I was like, this is great. I finally have control over something in my life. This is good. And then I started getting attention for the fact that I was losing weight. Like I was never overweight. I'm five foot three. Like I've always been roughly a similar weight and I'm just like a petite person, but I started to get so, so lean. And obviously with that at first comes like attention. And I was like, okay, this is good. Like when you grow up around substance abuse and like just emotional abuse um, in general, like there was a lot of emotional abuse in my childhood and I never really felt like good enough and I didn't know how to feel good enough um, and I never really thought I would. And then once I started getting this attention from me losing weight and working out so much, then I started to feel a little bit better of my about myself and I would get like, gratification but obviously it's just like temporary gratification I would feel good and then start to feel shitty about myself and go to the gym or restrict my food more and then I restricted for so long that the binges just started happening and at first it was like I was calling them quote unquote like cheat days or whatever the bodybuilding industry calls them like I would never use that term now Mm -hmm. um but it started off like that so I would call it like a cheat meal and it would be fine. But then I would go home and I would literally like binge on everything else. Cause you open the floodgates and you have no control over it. And you just kind of like black out um, when it comes to that. And like, it's kind of like an alcohol blackout. Like you wake up and you're like, what did I do? Or like you come to after like eating whatever it is. And like, I would have moments where I'd be like literally standing in the kitchen, like eating something like mindlessly, just like finishing so much food. And then I would like come back into like my room or into the room and into my body and be like, what did I just do? And it went on for, I want to say the binging went on for two and a half years at a very severe level. And then as I said, I thought I was like definitely through it and like into recovery, but it like, I still would have moments where I would find myself like eating an entire bar of chocolate and then be like, why? Like you can eat like a piece of it and you don't have to feel like you're never going to eat it again. Like I was so used, like when you, when you deal with an eating disorder, even on the other side, like there's still days now, like, don't get me wrong. It's always going to be a thing. But you get further and further away from it so that you don't have those thoughts as often, let alone like I never have thoughts like disordered eating thoughts anymore. But I remember when I did and I catch myself sometimes like having certain little thoughts and be like, okay, no, like that, like you're in a place now where you don't need to think like that. But um, the binges went on for like two and a half years at a severe level and then I, as I said, I would just catch myself like eating like a whole thing of chocolate or eating a whole thing of whatever. And then being like, why? Like you're in a place where you know that you can eat that when you want to, like, it doesn't need to be like that. Right. Exactly. It's like the black and white all or nothing thinking. And that goes hand in hand with drug abuse and substance abuse. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't like to 
to laugh about it or make light about it, but I feel like I've gotten the best of both worlds, addiction through substance and eating disorders. And it's, I can honestly say that they're the same thing because um, an eating disorder is something that can make you feel like you're soothing a, um, a negative emotion, a negative feeling, whatever. But the thing with eating disorders is that um, you have to some in some way, shape or form, nourish your body every day. Um, and with drugs and substance abuse, you can literally cut yourself off of that substance and then say you're clean and you're sober. Um, so it's a little bit different in that sense because you can't get away from food <laughs> and it's yeah. it's you have to rewire your brain in, in a different way and it starts so young for some people like for me you know um like i think that so many girls go th- or and and guys but the majority of of binging um you know podcasts and and books and stuff like that is based around the female culture which is sad to me mm-hmm. but um like I've heard so many stories of of people who have gone through these different phases of their eating disorder like you know I was I was anorexic in high school and then in college I was a binge eater and never in a million years would I have thought you know that it would totally pendulum swing to the other side but it's like well after years of starving yourself or restricting or overexercising, um, sometimes it just gets to that point. And I hated it. And in college, I hated it because I didn't like how that pendulum swung and I felt completely out of control. And now as I'm sitting here, you know, I'm very grateful that I've navigated through that and I've navigated through drug abuse and um, I don't have thoughts about binging anymore which is nice because like you said um being able to just have a bite of chocolate instead of the whole thing but it's so hard to get there and it's so hard to see that because it is um it is a a soothing mechanism yeah 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 no it's like when you're in it you like you don't understand you don't it like it doesn't make sense to you that like you could get out of it and like just as you said like drugs and alcohol you take something out of your life to get clean from those like an eating disorder you have to add food in like it's it's the same but it's different in that sense because it's like yeah you have to nourish your body like you have to train your brain to understand that food is not the enemy because when you're abusing alcohol and abusing drugs you know that you're doing something that's not good for you like you no one out there is doing it and doesn't understand like what they're doing to their body um but it's an addiction so you continue to do it whereas with food you actually get to a point most women or most people in general that struggle with disordered eating get to a point where they truly think that food and their body is the enemy and like it's completely you have to unlearn everything that you've taught yourself everything that the media has taught you 
um, everything that we're made to believe through diet culture, like carbs are bad and this is bad and whatever. And like low calories or is the way to go. And it's, it's unlearning everything and then having to relearn how to nourish your body and how to understand that food isn't black and white and exercise isn't black and white and you can like eat these things and you're not going to gain 10 pounds immediately like how people think it will like how you are led to believe it'll happen you know yeah the thing is is that um with disordered eating or eating disorders um, the body is constantly changing and I feel like, um, you know, when, when I was gaining weight after the restriction phase of my, of my life, um, it was almost like the, the weight just kept coming on and kept packing on because my metabolism was so fucked up mm-hmm. and, um, from all the restricting and the working out and, and then, you know, drugs don't help either. So all those things. And then on top of that, birth control and antidepressants don't help either. And I was also um, given thyroid replacement hormone like pills on top of all of that. And I was literally 17 years old. So my body was – I don't think my body really has like functioned um, <laughs> on its own since I was before, you know, before 16 and now I'm 30 and I'm, you know, when I was 29 and 30, that's, that's when my body is starting to like, finally, I think calibrate and recognize like that it's time to start functioning properly, but it's not an overnight thing. And I guess my, my question for you is after, you know, months or years of doing whatever yo-yo dieting or restricting, everyone who's listening can kind of manipulate the story to fit however they, you know, have have destructed their body in any way, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's food or drugs or dieting. But the metabolism, the hormones, eating disorders can, can really fuck that up. Like you said, you know, you had been diagnosed with lack of period and um, how do you start to navigate out of that and start to build your metabolism back up and bring foods in, you know, that trigger foods or, you know, like what's the process look like and feel like for you and, yeah, and your clients? So, yeah. Um, for me, it was as I said, like carbs were always like my trigger food. And I feel like that's like with a lot of people, it's carbs because we are like, we're taught that carbs are bad. Like in basically all of diet culture, carbs are the thing that you cut out first, or it's like low carb, this low carb, that whatever. Um, so yeah, with me, it was honestly, I did it a little differently than like I do it with my clients because for me, being someone who actually is in like the health and wellness space, like as a career, I was so frustrated and I was like, why can I not get myself to a place where I'm healthy? Like 
I don't understand. This is supposed to be what I do for a living. Like, how am I? It was, I was feeling like guilt and shame because I was like, how can I tell other people how to get healthy, but I can't get myself there. And so I kind of just like forced myself immediately to start like eating my trigger foods and like eating my, like eating carbs and, um, doing less exercise. And obviously I usually ease my clients into it, but the thing is, is like, that's, that's where it all has to start. Like you have to just sit there with yourself and you have to get really clear on what the foods are that trigger you, why they trigger you. And then you have to eat them like you have to. And it's not going to be easy because in your mind, you have basically told yourself that these are bad and off limits and scary. And like when you're coming from a place of disordered eating, you like your biggest fear is gaining weight. Like when my naturopath told me that if I didn't gain weight, um, I would never get my period back. I was like, well, I guess I'll just never get my period back then. Like I was like, there's no way that I've just spent this long trying to make myself smaller. And now I have to like do all this stuff that I'm terrified of and gain weight. Like I was terrified. Were you, were you severely underweight at that time or were you considered a normal weight? No, I wasn't even ever, like it never got to a point where I looked sick. That's the Mm -hmm. thing is like, I was in a long-term relationship at the time and it was like very codependent and very toxic. And he never really even knew Mm -hmm. that I was like dealing with any of this stuff because I never let myself get to a point where I was like sick, but also my body just holds weight differently. Like I hold all my fat, like in like my midsection. So like I just looked lean and I just like finally had abs for the first time in my life basically. And like I was working out a lot. So like people didn't realize they were like, Oh yeah, like this is just her body is great. Like whatever. Great quote unquote. That's Um, That's the most fucked up part though, is that people will, you know, automatically think that you're fine. If you're, if your body looks somewhat healthy and normal weight or whatever. Um, and they, they make it seem like, eating disorders are only for super sickly thin people or like overweight people which is just so like it just pisses me off because there's so many people who are struggling with eating disorders that's like saying well you know that person doesn't really have an addiction to heroin because they still look healthy and they're not like their teeth aren't rotting you know what I mean yeah yeah it's like we're just the same as like the diet culture fucks with your head. Like the media absolutely fucks with all like with our view on everything with like our view on what like beautiful is with our view on what overweight and obese is with our view on what, like, as you said, like sickly and anorexic or whatever it is looks like, Mm -hmm. like we're made to believe like this is the only thing that can like fit that and you have to fit that mold in order to be dealing with those things and yeah like that's just not the case as I said I'm five foot three and I think at my lowest weight I was like a hundred pounds when I was like really really in the thick of my like 
um, restriction. Mm-hmm. And like right now, I weighed myself the other day because I like I'm okay with scales where mm-hmm. I'm at right now. Like I really am. Like I wasn't for a really long time, and just like in the last six months or so, I've gotten like I'm okay with it. Like a number does not phase me. Um, and I weighed myself the other day and I was 116 pounds. So I fluctuate because I was weighed by my naturopath um, a couple months ago before like quarantine and stuff happened at my last appointment with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like 119. So I fluctuate between like 115 and 119, which is normal. Like your weight should fluctuate, especially as a woman between like a five pound um, like difference usually depending on like where you're at in your cycle and all that stuff. But like I now weigh 15, 10 to 15 pounds more than I weighed then. Right. Yeah. Can we talk about that a little bit? So like, like, you know, it's hyper-focused on weight gain, especially when you're in recovery. But like, as we get older, our bodies change anyways. Like mm-hmm. when I was in high school and I went through that first round of restriction it's, you know, my body got very skinny. And then when I got out, I was, you know, obviously the weights distributed in different places. And then, and then the binging that then the weight gets distributed in other places. And then I got into health and wellness and then I got into yoga and then I, and then I saw my body changing like, and, and leaning out in ways and muscle mass. And like, we get so wrapped up around the number on the scale but what we don't realize is that like the older we get and the more like muscle mass we have like we could be the our highest weight and we could actually look like we're 10 pounds lighter than that this episode is brought to you by thought cloud cbd which is one of the purest cbd companies i'm affiliated with they are Reiki-infused, vegan, sustainable, and pure, lab-tested, world-renowned CBD, and they have a variety of products from tinctures to topicals and even face masks and facial cleansers that are infused with CBD in them. I've actually been using ThoughtCloud CBD products for almost two years now, and I love their tinctures so much. Um, It was one of the first companies that I really got deep into the tincture form of healing, and their tinctures are really nice and light. They have coconut oil in them. They don't have all these crazy flavors with additives and, you know, different types of chemicals that you don't want to be in your CBD. You just want exactly what you're getting. And the reason why you take CBD is to heal. So you don't want any of those junky fillers in there. And CBD is not meant to have that stuff in it. So Thought Cloud is all about healing. And I recommend using their tinctures for anxiety, depression, inflammation, gut health, autoimmune flare-ups, And I also use their CBD Facial Cleanser Bar Soap, the CBD Mud Mask that you guys always see me posting about in my stories. So if you'd like to check out 
thought cloud you can follow them on instagram just type in thought cloud or you can purchase anything off their website thoughtcloud.net and you can use discount code gypsy love flow for a discount and if they're ever having a sale you can also use my discount code gypsy love flow and that will give you extra money off even if it's like a 70 percent crazy sale that they have sometimes they have sales during the season so go ahead check them out thoughtcloud.net Use code GYPSYLOVEFLOW for a discount at checkout. You know? Yeah, no, totally. The way that your body holds weight um, changes. And, like, when you gain muscle, muscle weighs more than fat. So, like, I never, ever have clients step on the scale, whether they're, like, eating disorder clients or they're weight loss clients. Like, I'm, like... We can use it as like a gauge at the beginning and the end of you working with me if we want to, or if you're comfortable with it, you can step on it like as you want, but we're never going to be like, oh, you're like up five pounds or down five pounds. Like this is a black and white situation because it's completely different. Like, yeah, I used to do literally only cardio, like high intensity sprints on the treadmill for like 45 minutes a day. And that was like a seven day a week situation. And now, like, I guess not now because we're in like a weird quarantine situation, but like before quarantine, I was lifting heavy weights like five days a week and my body composition is completely different. Like I have never felt better in my body than I do right now. And as I said, like I'm 15 pounds heavier than I was when I had like abs and um, thought that I was in the body that I always wanted to be in mm-hmm. yeah. yeah do you think that the I mean everybody's different but do you think that the high intense training the running the jogging um that was kind of keeping you from getting your period because I've been told by several people that um in order for me to get my period back naturally and normally I need to like really tone it down with the cardio which I've been doing and it feels great because too much cardio isn't a good thing yeah so um anything high intensity like that is really really hard on your body because it causes a spike in cortisol um and when your cortisol is super high like your body doesn't know the difference between stress from like coffee or stress from exercise or stress from actually running from like a murderer down the street. Like your body has no way of knowing the difference. So cortisol is cortisol. And when you, when you combine high cortisol with low um, calories and like low energy intake and then a high energy expenditure, your body just, it, it doesn't feel safe. And the first thing that it shuts off is the things that it doesn't need to keep you alive. So like, you don't need to get your period to keep you alive. Your period is so that you can like carry and give birth to a child. Like that's the point of getting your period is because you're shedding like the egg and the lining every month that should have been like fertilized so that you can have a baby basically it's not like a life or death process for your body so that's why that's one of the first things to go 
And that's why we see that so often in women who do struggle with disordered eating and exercise is because their bo- your body doesn't feel like it's in a safe enough place to sustain its own life, let alone to sustain the life of like a growing baby inside of you. Um, so high intensity exercise, like when I get a client and they're dealing with, um, disordered eating and if they don't have their period, like all exercise stops other than just like walking and yoga and like very, very low impact stuff. So like Pilates maybe would be fine, but like other than that, there's, there's no exercise being done because we need to figure out what the proper energy in versus energy out expenditure is for their body when it's basically at just like a standstill. So like whatever your like BMI, for example, is like um, your body mass index. And if you take that and you find out like what your body burns calorically when you're just like doing nothing, like your basal metabolic rate, um, usually people aren't eating even that much when it comes to disordered eating. So if you're not even eating enough for your body to just sustain itself and live, then adding in the exercise on top just puts your body in this ne- like literally negative, I want, like mathematically negative place where it's not even getting enough calories or energy to keep you alive. So why would it allow you to have your period every month? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So like, yeah, I'm going through that and we're actually going to be doing another episode that's all about autoimmune disorders Mm -hmm. and like the whole endocrine and like, that's, that's a big part of why I'm so interested in this is because I feel like I have a slower metabolism one because of yeah, because of the restriction, because of the constant stress mode that my body's been in for a decade, um, but also yeah. because of the thyroid. But a lot of people who have been in this yo-yo roller coaster of dieting and restriction or over-exercising, uh, exercise addiction, you know, they could be sitting there and say, I know that my metabolism is shot. So, yeah. like you know, it's, it's those kinds of people. And I put myself in that bracket of, okay, well, yeah, I want to like start eating normal, whatever that means. I want to start eating things that I wouldn't necessarily want to eat. Um, not like fast food or anything like that, but just like normal stuff. Because when, when you're dealing with autoimmune and eating disorders and disordered eating or whatever, Um, you can have a lot of food phobias that aren't just connected to the disordered eating. It's, it's a fear of a flare up. It's a fear of bloating. It's a fear of diarrhea. It's a fear of all this other host of symptoms, but like someone who has been stuck in that, in that vicious cycle and they're like, okay, well, yeah, I do want to start getting out of my comfort zone, but my metabolism shot. So I feel like if I start eating normal or these foods, I'm just going to like gain 20 pounds overnight and I'm not okay with that. Like Mm -hmm. what what do you, what do you do there? 
Yeah, so um, I actually, through all of my disordered eating, gave myself um, IBS. So I actually really, really struggle with certain foods still, not because they're like trigger foods mentally for me or I'm scared of them, but because they actually cause me to feel like so sick or bloat so bad that I just like am uncomfortable. Um, And so that in itself has been like a whole new thing for me to navigate, which is good in a sense, because now I can relate to clients when it comes to that as well. One thing before you, before you get deeper into that, would you say that because you restricted yourself away from a lot of foods that once you started bringing them back in, the body reacted to them in, in that IBS way? Um, Yes and no, like certain things, yes, but it's more so just like the fact that I was eating like literally only vegetables or like such a small amount of food that once I started eating like normal amounts of food, like my body just wasn't able to process it. So when you restrict that much, like obviously you don't have to digest very much food, um, Mm -hmm. whether that's like the actual quantity or um, like, like a variation of different foods, like your body's just not used to having to digest things. So you like lose a lot of like the digestive ability that you should naturally have because your body hasn't had to do that. It's just like with your metabolism, like when you restrict and restrict and restrict, like your metabolism slows down because it doesn't have to burn as much food and it's like trying to save you basically. So your digestion just slows down. And Mm -hmm. Like I have a few foods that I'm like actually intolerant to, like I've done a food intolerance test. So I know which ones I need to stay away from in that sense. But like, it can be very hard to navigate like foods when you have something like an actual health condition on top of just trying to come out of like disordered eating, because then you're mentally scared of foods. And you're also just like physically scared of certain foods because you don't know how your body's going to react, but it's just like, if you have an actual food intolerance, by all means, stay away from those foods. Like your body does not process them properly. You're going to get inflammation, like stay away from the foods that you're intolerant to. Um, they're not going to make you feel good regardless. And, um, but yeah, like you have to introduce the food slowly. You have to do that when it comes to disordered eating. Like you have to do that when it comes to, um, anything like if you've been restricting and you've been on like an elimination diet or you've been actually just restricting because you have like are struggling with disordered eating it needs to be slow like you can't just start eating like a massive amount of food and you can't start eating a massive amount of different types of food either because your body is just not going to know what to do it's not going to be able to break them down or process them and you're not going to feel good um and then yeah. in the in regards to the weight gain thing, like it can't be about that. It like, it just can't whether like, whether you think that you're going to gain 10 pounds or you just think that like eating these foods is going to make you look a certain way or whatever it is. Like it can't be about that. It has to be about the fact that your health is so much more important than the way that you look and your body when it's happy and when it's being nourished and fed properly and it's not in a place where it's restricted or scared, um, 
of like literally dying basically because it's so restricted, it will come to a place of homeostasis, like balance where you will find a healthy weight and like you will just find like your natural set point where you're supposed to be. And then once you're there, like, yeah, you can work out and like you can build more muscle and you can change the way it looks a little bit, but like everybody's body has a natural set point. And for some people it's like naturally leaner. And for some people there, they naturally hold like a little bit more fat and that's where their body is happy. Like, Mm -hmm. but it can't be about that. It has to be about the fact that like your health and your well-being and living your life is so much more important than the way that your body looks. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I don't think my body has ever known what the natural homeostasis is because from such an early age in high school, I was manipulating, even in middle school, you know, um, manipulating the body and then... um, even when I wasn't restricting, it was drugs and binging. So the body never really understood what was going on, like what is happening here, you know? So it's, it's interesting, like this kind of, this, this kind of timeline that we're living in right now, especially with social media and how, open and honest social media is to normalize depression and anxiety and panic disorder and all these mental health issues. And then now normalizing orthorexia and how, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in camp. That's probably how people label me, you know? Um, I know that I don't know how people view me because I'm in my body and I can't, I'm not really responsible for how people view me, but I am very healthy and health conscious and it's linked to fear of all these symptoms that I had just listed that have to do with hormones and autoimmune and my Hashimoto, which I've been diagnosed with, but I'm working with you now to, to really get out of my comfort zone. And I like, I like what you said earlier about, you know, it's not like you're just going to like start eating all these foods and everything all at once. It's like progressively you can like start to bring in these foods and it's about diversity, which I am like the queen of, of non-diversity when it comes to what I, what I eat because I'm like, okay, well, these foods are safe. Then I guess I'm just going to like live off these five foods for the rest of my life. And it's like, that that is like, and I actually, I follow so many yogis and like wellness people um, on Instagram who like, uh, like one of them has Crohn's, one of them has um, another autoimmune, like Lyme. And they've said the same things it's like you know I just get so caught up in this safe food mode where I'm like I'm just gonna eat this stuff and that's it but then the body gets so used to those foods that like if you decide to like have a date or like go out and like pretend that you're normal it's like you have all this fear and then all these symptoms come with it and if and it's because your body doesn't know how to digest it or react to it and I think orthorexia is 
it's just too acceptable at this point and it is a form of an eating disorder but it's like the most accepted form of it yeah no totally like it's so accepted because it's so easily played off as like they're just healthy and like that's just how they live their life and they're just active um and they just eat really clean like I yeah like that's the worst phrase ever like oh yeah they just like I eat really clean like what does what does that mean what does Mm -hmm. that mean and it's like stuff like that is so normalized and it's just it's all it's like glorified almost yeah it is and it's like little do little does a lot of people know that the obsession of the eating clean is detrimental not only physically but emotionally like like it's it's really hard I'd like to kind of shift into a not a new topic but like it's hard to be very health conscious and try to trying to heal physically emotionally whether it's whatever physical um, or mental illness um, but especially disordered eating and orthorexia when you are trying to meet people and you're trying to date or you're trying to, um, I don't know, like maybe get a relationship going because it's been a while for me and I'm very happy being single. You know, I've been single for like three years and I'm totally fine with that because I've been able to focus on my healing and, um, navigate through my disordered eating and my substance abuse. And now I'm one year sober. So like, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. But like, a lot of, a lot of shit comes with, like, healing mental illness, and you feel unworthy of, like, nobody's going to understand me, or, you know, what what kind of guy or girl is going to want to deal with me and, and my food fears, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's just like this whole other aspect of it. It's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm doing the work, I'm healing my depression, like whoever's listening, like whatever you're going through, whether it's I'm healing my panic attacks, depression, eating disorder, substance abuse. Cool. I'm doing that. Um, It doesn't mean that like we're any less worthy of love. It's just like, it can really be daunting to try to move into like friendships and relationships and find people who get it or don't judge or you know like trying not to identify so much as I'm a depressed person or I'm a person with an eating disorder and you know it's like how do you I don't know like what's your experience with that um yeah so like as I said like my eating disorder really stemmed from like my alcoholic parent made me feel like shit like all the time all the time and I didn't feel good enough and then I put myself into a long-term relationship like I was in my relationship for seven years off and on and it was like very similar like made me feel like shit put me down like I really honestly truly believed that like that was all that I deserved in life and then adding in an eating disorder to feeling like that already you just feel like you feel like shit and you feel worthless and you feel like the only thing that's going to make you feel better is like this eating disorder or is 
this gratification from starving yourself or from other people saying you look good or whatever it is. And now being almost two years single, um, like it was definitely a fear of mine at first. I was like, okay, no one's gonna like, not only did I struggle with an eating disorder, but like I have alcoholic parents, like I have all this trauma. Like I was like, why would anyone want to take this on? Like, what do I have to offer? This is so like, it's so heavy. And to be trying to recover from like my eating disorder or whatever it is, like, as you said, like, if you're struggling with any kind of mental illness, like I have really bad anxiety as well. And like, you have to understand that we are all so deserving of love and of compassion and kindness and we deserve to feel good about ourselves but it had like it's it's all just front like it has to come from you like you have to be the first thing so like coming into dating or whatever it is or like looking for a partner after dealing with some kind of mental illness or some kind of like trauma even like you have to understand that you have to give yourself that first. So if you're not in a place where you are so sound in your worth and you know what you deserve, but you're able to give that to yourself first, why would anyone else be able to do that? Like I just recently in the last like six months have like shifted a lot of my um, disordered eating coaching into like, self-love coaching like that's what I like to call it now towards the end and I put them all through like a program where like they honestly just like have to get really clear on like what it is that they're looking for in other people and in external factors because a lot of the time an eating disorder comes from wanting to feel like you are worthy or good enough and like you just have to give that to yourself like at the end of the day like you deserve so much like everyone does and that was something that was really really hard for me to first of all unlearn that I was like not worthy of this and then learn that I do deserve that and learn how to give it to myself like and that comes from like practices like meditation or just like looking in the mirror and instead of picking yourself apart like telling yourself something nice but like when you start to actually believe those things about yourself, you pull in like people, whether that's friendships or partners or whatever, like you pull in the same energy that you're putting out. Um, but like if someone's not willing to deal with you and work through your shit with you, like whether that's like you having food fears still or like certain thoughts creeping in, like then that person isn't meant for you. Right. It's kind of like a filter almost. Exactly. Exactly. Like people try, like I know that I did it like when I was still not fully recovered and like I had just broken up with my ex, like I was trying to fill those voids in myself still with like men and like toxic relationships, like not men, like I was being ridiculously promiscuous, but just like whatever, like going on dates and like doing this stuff. And then like when it wouldn't work out, I'd be like, oh, well, like clearly I'm still not good enough for anyone. Like, but you have to be good enough for yourself. Yeah. And it's like, like what you said um, really reminds me of like, I mean, if I think back to 
the points of my life where my mental health was the worst or my addiction with substance or eating disorders was the worst, I can pretty much in all scenarios say, well, look at the people who were around me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's literally right there. It's proof. And the people who were around me when I was deep in drugs and binging were not positive people. They were always drinking, always smoking, always doing drugs, always, you know, recovering from a night of partying. Like that's that's not an energy that is going to be in any way healing. And I wasn't in an, in a healing phase of my life. I was in a let's just get through life. You know, let's just try to get through life and feel okay and make it to work and um if we want to feel good, then we have to really take inventory of like the people who are around us. And, you know, right now it's kind of challenging to do that if, if people are still in an isolation um, with quarantine or if that's just your lifestyle. If, if like you're just not around a lot of people, it can be hard to, to navigate through that. But like, I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Like, I was always too much, you know, like I was always attracting men who looked at me as too much, too much baggage, too intense, too emotional. Um, And all these toxic relationships were just a clear cut image of what energy I was going through. And like right now, me and my therapist just started doing exposure therapy, which Mm -hmm. is like... Um, she's literally taking me through every single boyfriend or like relationship that has like in one way, shape or form scarred me. And yeah. exposure therapy is like really intense because it's just like her asking me all these questions, whether they're triggering me or not. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that if that resonates with anyone who is going through it, if you're really ready to release the past and break through a barrier um, that is an option. It's not easy. Um, but it really, it's yeah. So fucking hard. And like, honestly, just in the last like four months of my life, have I truly like come to terms with the fact that like, I like, I know that I'm enough. Like I know that I'm enough and I'm enough for myself. And like, yeah, I've done exposure therapy with my therapist as well. And it's, so heavy and like Mm -hmm. it's so much but yeah like I think that everyone just needs to understand that like regardless of where you're at in your journey regardless of what you've been through like you are so deserving of like health and happiness and the life that you don't think that you could ever live like you can you can get there like that's the biggest thing. And that's what I wish like someone would have told me when I was like in my darkest, darkest place is that like, you can pull yourself out of literally anything, whether that's a toxic relationship with a human being or with food or with yourself or whatever, like you can pull yourself out of that. And it has to be you like, no one else is going to do it for you. No, definitely not. But what we're talking about right now um, requires a lot of awareness and mindfulness. And I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is deep within that already. But 
even when you're stuck in a toxic relationship, um, it can be hard to get out of it, whether you're spiritual or like not, but like everybody needs some kind of support. Like, like I think what you're saying is so true and we need to hear it more is like, you can get out of, of that, that binge cycle and you can get out of that toxic relationship or you can stop doing drugs. But um, if you're feeling we like, you know, a little bit queasy and, and not like you're strong enough to do it on your own, then you need to create a, a support system, a circle of friends or whatever. Like I'll use me as an example. I have two therapists. I have you. I have um, friends that I email. I have a very small group of friends in like the physical reality. Um, but that's my support system. And if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't be able to like heal and regain my self-worth and get through this, you know? Yeah, no, everybody needs somebody. Like whatever that looks like to you, whether that's like, as you said, friends or like actual professional help. Like I firmly, firmly believe that every single human being on this earth should go to therapy. Like whether you think that you're like, you have, anything to talk about or not like it will change your life like it honestly just having someone to talk to about things that doesn't have any ties or any bias or anything like already to your life is amazing like it's an incredible feeling but yeah like if you're struggling with anything and you feel like you need support get support like look for a therapist, look for a nutritionist, look for whatever it is, like evaluate the people in your life first and then like go from there. See what you already have in your circle. See if there's people in your life that really are not serving you. Like in the last year of my life, I've cut out literally 90% of the people in my life. Like I have like a small, like literally I took like inventory of my life like last year after I got out of like a shitty relationship and I was like why do I keep attracting the same patterns and then I like analyzed what I was putting out into the universe and into the world and I was like I'm putting out like this low vibe like this is all I deserve mentality I was like so that's what I'm getting like obviously that's what I'm gonna fucking get in return if that's what I think that I'm deserving of right now and I literally cut off so many people like I have like two best friends and like a couple other like friends that are in my circle and other than that like I'm perfectly content like I don't need that kind of shit and like I work with a naturopath I've worked with two naturopaths like I have a therapist like I I'm a health professional and I still need like I still need another health professional like I still need my naturopath like you need someone to tell you or multiple people to tell you like sometimes what to do and to check yourself like everybody needs that yeah dude I mean you're talking to the queen of like um friend cleanse I like I've you know I lived in Philly for eight months and it was so dark night of the soul vibes it was like wow I have no one because everyone's obsessed with drugs or whatever and um I came out of that and I was like well that's fine because I have 
these two people, like you just said. And it's like, we need and like the first step. I feel like if anyone's listening right now and they're like, I'm in a dark, dark place and I need to get the fuck out of this dark place. That would be the first step that I would recommend is really analyze who is in your life because your energy isn't 100% your fault. Like, um, yes, we are in control of of what we put out and our thoughts and we, we can really, we can do a lot of work to like transform our thoughts to be more positive. But a lot of what we deal with, especially as empaths, or if you're just like intuitive, which a lot of people are who listen to this podcast, um, they really need to do a friend cleanse and they really need to do a boundary like protocol. Like oh God, even, yeah. even if it's like family or even if it's like just acquaintances or people at work and they're just overstepping boundaries, that can really take a toll on your energy and like that trickles into everything you're trying to heal. Yeah, absolutely. No, like boundaries, I think were one of the biggest things for me and one of the hardest things for me to like come to terms with the fact that like I needed to set boundaries in place and like some of the people I cut out of my life are like family members like I I look at my life and like this might sound harsh to some people but like I look at the people in my life whether they're family or they're not like blood or not whatever I'm like if you like if I wouldn't surround myself with this kind of person as a friend like why would I let my family member like act like that towards me and like it's hard to look at the people in your life and be like you are not serving me anymore and like that's painful for you it's painful for them and it's harsh but like some people are just like energy vultures and maybe one day you can establish a relationship with them again or whatever that might be. But like you have to look at your healing and you have to prioritize that. And yeah, you have to take inventory of your life and it has to start with the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. Less is more. (laughs) And like quality over quantity is like really, really important right now, especially with what's going on in the world. Like, with COVID and now this this movement with with racism and police brutality, it can be very triggering um, yeah. on a deep, deep soul level. And we need to start really um, allowing ourselves to walk away, close doors, never look back and keep moving forward and also just build our friend circle. And like, honestly, I feel like I've known you for a long time and we've only known each other for like maybe two weeks Yeah, and it's so crazy, but we really need, especially in these times to use social media to, um, to meet people and to meet friends. Like it's possible. It's, we can use it in such a positive way. Like there is a way to like search hashtags that are positive and like, you know, like if, if you really need a support system that has to do with recovery, like there's probably so many ways to find people who are in, in a recovery just on Instagram. Um, and it's just, you know, we have to just utilize these tools that we have instead of like going down these rabbit holes of perfection and how social media can be like feeding the dragon of, of perfection and body image and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like social media can be such a dark place, but it can also be like such a light 
like it can it can just it has so much light as well like and I think that people just need to focus on that more and cleanse the people you're following too actually I just thought of that but like totally while you're cleansing your friends cleanse who you're following like figure out if you ever have even like the smallest like negative thought when it comes to certain people you're following like unfollow them and if you miss their content then you can go back and follow them after that but like like cleanse that because you don't need just like you don't need people in your immediate circle in your life that make you feel bad about yourself or suck energy from you like you don't need to be doing that every day on social media either yeah the mute button is an amazing feature that everybody should be using more often (laughs) it's funny because I look at my Instagram and I'm like I follow 600 people but it's like really like 200 of them are muted (laughs) I unfollowed <laughs> 2,000 people. Oh, my God. And Instagram blocked me, and I wasn't able to post for a week because they were like, you're using an automated service. And I was like, no, I just really didn't want to follow anybody anymore. <laughs> you're like, no, nah, bitch. I had extra time on my hands, and I went through and physically did that. Literally, I went in on who I was following, and then they blocked me, and I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. That is, like, the best friend cleanse ever. Well, no. We're going to be doing more episodes and yeah. it's going to be awesome. And I'm so happy that I found you and I can call you my holistic nutritionist and friend. Yeah. Um, so I know that you have a podcast. Where can people find you if they want to work with you and hear more of your vibe? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's just Lulu Godin, G-O-D-I-N. And then Lulu is just L-U-L-U if you didn't know that already um I like to say it's like Lulu like the lemon but like I also don't want to get sued so (laughs) we'll just pretend it's not um but then my website is Lulu God and Health um everything's linked on my Instagram though I have my own podcast and then I also co-host a podcast again they're both linked on my Instagram um and yeah if you want to work with me I just actually opened up a few spots um, for one-on-one coaching for this month. And I just released a new um, one-on-one coaching program that's more to do with like self-love and that kind of thing. It still has wellness. It still has nutrition and all that stuff um, implemented into it. But the focus is more on pulling yourself out of toxic behaviors and toxic patterns and all this toxic mentality that we've just talked about and into a place where you actually love yourself because I firmly believe that the true root of like health and wellness is self-love so you guys can find me basically just on Instagram and from there you can find everything you need all right guys thank you so much for tuning into that episode I hope you enjoyed it and if you did if you resonated with this episode please just share and subscribe you can rate and review the podcast there are all ways to support the podcast that are totally free um again if if you know someone who's struggling through an eating disorder or binge eating or drug use or just trying to find a healthier connection to body to food to nourishment um you'd be surprised i feel like everyone struggles with this in one way or another doesn't have to be a legit eating disorder you know I I don't know if I 
if I consider myself to have a full-blown eating disorder anymore um, because it ebbs and flows and just like addiction you know um, you're gonna you're gonna have different phases of life so share this episode with someone who you know needs help it's really hard right now and we we need to start talking to people and um, just creating a solid group of people who we tap into and who we can listen to and who we can speak to that truly helps us see things in a healthier way so if you want to follow lulu on instagram her information will be in the show notes if you need a holistic nutritionist i highly recommend her and until next time we will talk soon and i'll leave you with the rest of this song by dirty art club